You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. Christmas is a season of joy that has opened a way for us to live a joy-filled life. Our life doesn't have to be normal because of the birth of Christ. Would you agree with that? Because of Jesus' birth into the world, our lives can be filled with more joy. In, in fact, the Bible even says abundant joy or full of joy. I, I just really love this time of year. Joy shouldn't just be an emotion, though, of the season or a moment, but in fact it should be a way of life. And the Apostle Paul tells us in two different places, he says this, rejoice always. Remember that? He says rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. And then he also says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say what? Rejoice. Be joyful. And then he goes on to say in another part that I just recalled off, be joyful in hope and, and all these things. He, he goes on and talks about joy a lot because it's important. There's a quote that I found that was from uh, Charles Spurgeon. And it says this, there is a marvelous medicinal power in joy. Most medicines are distasteful. Would you agree? Have you ever swallowed a pill or something, got it in your mouth? Is not good, or the medicine you take is not good. He said, most medicines are distasteful, but this, which is the best of all medicines, is sweet to the taste and comforting to the heart. This blessed joy is very contagious. One spirit of joy brings a kind of plague into the house. One person who is wretched seems to stop all the birds from singing wherever he goes. But the grace of joy is contagious. Holy joy will oil the wheels of your life's machinery. Holy joy will strengthen you for your daily labor. Holy joy will beautify you and give you an influence over the lives of others. Joy is important. If you go through life without joy, you're going to be pretty miserable. Would you agree? In fact, some of the most, um, how would I say it? The best times I've had hanging out with people are those with joy. Those who are just happy about everything. And sometimes it's a little too much. I get it. For us who likes to just take some time and be quiet. But joy is an important property uh, in our lives. And if you don't have joy, it's going to be a very, very miserable day. But how many people do we come into contact with every day at work or school or wherever we may be that don't have joy? They're just not happy people. Have you met anybody like that in your life? Man, they're just not happy about anything. I've met some of those. Some of them are even in my family. But anyway, joy is one of those things that, just like Charles Spurgeon said, is contagious. And when you hang around people that are happy, you tend to be a little more happy. You tend to have joy. But how can we be an example? How can we show the world of Christ? love and joy and peace and hope and all these things we talk about at Christmas. We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes, but there's a difference I want to distinguish between happiness and joy, and happiness would be based on happenings. Happiness is based on things that happen to us. Happiness is based on happenings, but joy is based on what we believe and what we know to be true. Our relationship with Christ is joyful. The Bible instructs us several places to be joyful. Because joy isn't based on our circumstances. It is responding to the presence of God in the midst of our life circumstances. 
And today we're going to read a little portion of scripture from Luke chapter 2 out of the Christmas story when the angel appeared before the shepherds and told of the birth of Christ Jesus. So Luke chapter 2, I'm going to read from verse 8 to 14, but obviously we're going to be talking about joy. Luke 2, 8 says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And I'll just pause right there. Have you ever been out in the country and it'd be pitch black dark in the woods? Now, I mean real far in the country. Where my parents live is 30 miles, basically, from anywhere that would resemble a city. It is incredible. I don't like it. Uh, But anyway... It is dark at night. You cannot see almost the palm of your hand except for the moonlight sometimes. But these shepherds were out in the middle of the field and boom, light, right? This angel appeared before them. I wonder what that must have uh, felt like. Let's keep reading. Verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were afraid. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you what kind of news? Good news that will cause what? Great joy for all the people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests. Or in another translation, peace and goodwill to Men, right, as we've heard this story so long uh, in our hearts and minds. But the really important factor in that verse, I mean, in that chapter, that passage, is this. It says, do not be afraid, I bring you what kind of news? Again, good news that will cause what kind of joy? Great joy. So the good news of Christ is what causes great joy. And if we equate that in our life... The good news of Jesus, if we constantly remind ourselves... See, that's one of our problems, is not reminding ourselves of the good news all the time. If we remind ourselves of the good news of Jesus coming to the earth, taking our place on the cross, our our sin, our shame, put on the cross, we will be reminded of that good news, and it will give us great joy. Sometimes we lose fact of that because we lived in an an intense uh, state of busyness, And our minds are clouded sometimes. But if we remind ourselves of the good news, we'll have great joy. But the angel's announcements was one that brought great joy. Number one, because anticipation became a reality. For hundreds and even thousands of years, the people were waiting for someone to come and save them, basically. They were waiting for a Savior because prophecies had been told for years Hundreds and thousands of years that Jesus was coming, the Messiah was coming. And they didn't know where it was coming from. And so the shepherds are the first people here to get that great news and it brought them great joy. Genesis 3 even in fact says this. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. That's foreshadowing of Jesus conquering death, hell and the grave. There's, there's stuff all the way back to the beginning of the Bible that dates back. In fact, Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. But all the years of prophecy and storytelling became true. And it became apparent that the anticipation that they had held is becoming a reality. 
I remember growing up, you may remember similar situations, anticipation for Christmas morning. I was waiting for that new toy, whatever it might be. I remember one year it was a trumpet for me. I, I played trumpet for, for 15, 16 years. Trumpet, I got a new one on Christmas morning, and I just knew that my parents had picked one out because they'd been asking me you know, questions. I was old enough to get it, right? They were asking me questions about it, and I was like, wow, this is going to be great. So that anticipation was building, 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 and then it became a reality when I saw that trumpet on, on Christmas morning, right? Or maybe it was a, a Red Rider BB gun or something. You know, I had one of those too. You know, things, things we build up anticipation. You can remember those feelings of anticipation coming true and becoming a reality. And so that's exactly what these shepherds were experiencing. is hoping for a Savior, hoping for a Messiah. Maybe they had given up a little bit. Maybe they thought, man, I don't know if this is real. But boom, the angel appeared and said, I bring you good news which will give you great joy to all people. And the anticipation became reality. So the first thing is the anticipation became a reality. The second thing is this. God's love was manifested. The angel brought great news and it gave him great joy because why? God's love was sent, is being sent to earth. And we know the verse in John 3.16 that said, For God so loved the world that He gave His what? Only Son. That whoever believed in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Eternal life. That's good news. Right? That's God's love in human form. John says it best. And then Paul says this. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still what? Sinners. Christ died for us. That should bring us great joy. Because God's love was manifested in the form of a baby. And the angel was telling about that. Imagine that thought, though, Christ knowing He was coming to the earth to die, but He knew the great joy it would bring to us and all people throughout the world. You know, one of the most joyous videos I've seen recently is a video of a pallet full, if you can imagine this, of Bibles stacked about this high, being delivered to, I think it's China or Korea or somewhere, it's Asian children getting those Bibles. And man, let me tell you, they were jumping jumping on those Bibles to try to get one. It was exciting. They had not had a copy for themselves of God's Word, and it gave them great joy. Man, it was the best picture of joy I could give you, and I wish I had a video of it, but I don't. But if you can just imagine that children desperately longing for God's Word because they've been taught by a missionary or someone in their church that had come, but they don't have access to Scripture. And man, when they got those Bibles, they were excited. They were joyful. It puts things in perspective a little bit when we... You know, compare ourselves with our gifts at Christmas. And man, they're excited over a Bible. How many of us have six or seven just laying around the house? But they got excited over one. That's because the good news brings great joy. God's love was made evident through Jesus coming to the earth. Three, humanity's greatest crisis was resolved. The greatest crisis of humanity was that we needed a, 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 some, uh, someone to take away our sin. Because in the Old Testament, they had to submit a, a blood offering, a sacrifice for sin. And a sign of that forgiving of sin was either the blood of a ram or a bull or a goat. We see different things in Scripture. But they had to be giving uh, some kind of blood offering as 
a sacrifice and a repetuation for sin. Romans 5.11 says this, We boast in God through our Lord Jesus. Through now we have received reconciliation. Ephesians 1 says this, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us. Because the only solution was a, for a sin atonement was a blood sacrifice up until that point. And Jesus became, John 1.29 says this, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb. Think about the imagery there. The Lamb of God, the, the holy, the, the perfect, the spotless Lamb became the sacrifice for sin. And that's the biggest crisis of humanity that was restored with Jesus coming. And that should give us great joy. So Jesus provided us a way to be made whole for our sins to be forgiven. And we have joy in that. And the last point under this uh, particular angel uh, scene is this. The joy that she, the angel, she, the joy that the angel brings. I shouldn't have done that. That's a whole other sermon. The joy that the angel brings shows us that death is not the end. Death is not the end. Aren't you glad that it isn't over with death for us? Nobody's glad about that. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm pretty glad that I don't have to just be buried in the ground and it be over with. Because of what Christ Jesus did on the cross, it gives us joy. But death's not to end because Paul says this, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. The announcement for the, from the angel brought great joy because it signified new life. New life. It announced the baby being born. There's nothing more precious, I think, than new life. There's nothing more precious than hearing a baby cry for the first time because, you know, with all the pressures of, of, of pregnancy and, and surgery and all those things, a cry kind of tells you that things are going to be all right. There's nothing more precious than that. And new life in Jesus gives us a new cry, a new birth, as Nicodemus would put it. How can I be born again? John chapter 3. Jesus tells us it's not a birth of physical, but a spiritual birth when we accept Christ as our Savior. Jesus gives us new life. So the angel brought joy that day in telling the shepherds that there was new life because it signifies that death is not the end. Death is not the end. Now for some on earth, death can look like the end, right? You ever um, talk with somebody here on the earth? I'm just... Planning for death. I mean, that's, that's what most people are planning for, right? Planning for that. I'm planning for a future. I'm planning for eternity, right? That's what the Bible tells us to do. Store up yourselves what? Treasures where? In heaven. How are we doing that if we're not doing the work of God? So death is not the end. Then there are three short points today that, that show us how to live with joy. So the angel brought the, the message of joy. It said good news and it's going to bring you great joy. And there's three ways in our life today that we can look at that will bring our lives great joy. The first is this. We need to live with a right focus. Everybody say focus. Not Eddie. Eddie can't say that word. <laughs> Sorry, there's an inside joke. Inside joke. I love you, brother. We joke around it at work all the time. It's funny. Live with a right focus. 
Hebrews 12, 2 says this. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Don't miss this. For the joy, listen, for the joy set before him endured the cross. He counted it joy as enduring the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Because if our focus stays on Jesus and reaching people for Jesus, we're going to have great joy. Would you agree? It's joy. It gives us joy when we see someone come into church and be saved from, from eternal damnation, right? It, it gives us joy to see someone accept the love and the truth and the grace of Jesus when all they've experienced their whole life is hate and judgment and these things that they think God is. Some people think God's up there with a, a, a lightning rod about ready to hit them. You know? But we give them joy. We give them peace. We give them new life because we're living with the right focus. If our focus stays on reaching people for Christ, we will have great joy. I think some of the best times I remember experiencing joy on someone's face is not giving them a gift, but giving them a gift of eternal life and them knowing that their sins are forgiven. And they don't have to live under the, the law, but under grace. That's freeing for people. It's freeing for people. Why wouldn't that give us great joy? Now, there's a speaker I listen to. <clears throat> he says, I wake up every morning and ask God, say, God, what do you want me to do today? He said, you got hundreds of thousands, millions of people asking you for stuff. What do you want me to do? That's a different perspective, isn't it? God, what do you want me to do today? I know what I need, but I want to know what you need first. What do you want me to do today? Our perspective looks a little bit different if we ask that question. We would certainly have more joy. But a second way we can live with great joy is to live every day in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Live every day in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Now, how many know that's a hard thing to do? It's hard to be kind to everyone you meet. Especially when they cut you off in traffic. It's hard to be kind to someone who you've just given a big gift or a big portion of your time and they just squander it all away. It's hard to be kind and, and gentle and have self-control and, and faithful. Be faithful. It's hard to do those things, but we're called to live every single day in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then it says this, against such things there is no law. Think about that. Is there ever a law been written that said you can't have joy? Or can't show love to somebody? Or can't be kind to somebody? That against these things, the Bible says there's no law, there's nothing that you shouldn't do out of these things. There's nine things there that we can just focus on and make our lives full of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Do you think as a nation and even a world we've lost even the slightest sense of just being nice? Goodness gracious. I read some of these things on Facebook and I don't get involved because it's annoying, first of all. Second of all, people just aren't nice. I don't want people not being nice. I, I want people to be nice to me and I want to be nice to people. So how can I best embody that? How can I best live that out? Living with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. 
Isn't it interesting that God gives us a road map for how to live a life full of joy? This good news that we've heard from the angel, the good, the good news turns into great joy, comes in fruition because of our embodiment of the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit. If we live in that, we will have true joy. And then lastly today as we close, we are to live with anticipation. We are to live with anticipation. Romans 8.28 says this, We know that in all things God works for the what? The good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. We have a hope. We have a future. That should bring us great joy. And the joy didn't just come to the shepherds. What did the angel said? The joy should be for who? All people. So living with anticipation should give us great joy because we know that it's not just for us to hold on to. Otherwise, the angel could have said, it's just great joy for you. It's not just great joy for the shepherds. It's not just great joy for the manger scene. It's great joy for the world. That's why that song, Joy to the World, the Lord has come. Let the whole earth receive her king. It says, let every heart prepare him room. Because that's what all creation's about. Bringing joy to the world from the good news of Jesus Christ. Bringing joy to those people who are broken in our communities, who don't know hope, who don't know joy, who don't know love. They've never been shown it. Some families do a terrible job of showing joy and love and peace and all these fruits of the Spirit. But that's why we need Jesus in our lives and in our world is because we mess up. We fall short. But praise be to God because He gives us, an, the Bible says, an indescribable gift. That song we sang this morning says unspeakable joy. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory from that song we used to sing. And our lives are evidence of that. Our community needs to see that. Our school teachers, our police, our law enforcement, our firefighters, EMS, everyone in our community needs to see the joy that we have in Christ Jesus. And what does that translate into? Well, it translates into serving. It translates into giving. It translates into being nice. Because that's the message that Jesus is joy. Jesus gives joy. And Jesus empowers us to live a joy-filled life. Would you stand with me today? I'll close with this verse. Luke 6, 23 says this, Blessed are you when people what hate you. Why? When they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of who? The Son of Man, Jesus Christ. Blessed are you, the Bible says. Then what does it say? It says rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. And then it says, for that is how they treated the prophets. See, being shamed for being a Christian, being persecuted, being made fun of or whatever, challenged, that's been going on for thousands of years. But the apostles managed to find great joy. 
the prophets managed to find great joy and we can manage to find great joy and spread that joy to our community. There's a quote that says this, the happiest people on earth are the people who have discovered the joy of giving. And giving the good news of Christ is the best kind of joy we can give. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for this word. We thank you for the angel that came to give us good news. To give us the good news of the birth of Jesus Christ. To tell all the world the good news that brought great joy. We just ask today that we would embody that. We would live that out. That you would help us to give our community great joy for the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. As the Christmas season rolls around, help us to remember the true reason for the season, which is the joy and the birth of Jesus Christ. And God, today, as we close with a song of worship that invites us to come, let us adore you. You are Christ the Lord. And we thank you and we give you praise. We ask that you would help us to live with joy this week. In Jesus' name. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.